Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Saturday, May the 6th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down this Saturday and Sunday Stanley Cup playoff card here in the second round. This is our only show this weekend, if you haven't uh, heard it already. Uh, this is going to be the only show we have this weekend. We'll be off tomorrow. Uh, no Ice Guys show on Sunday, but we will be back, of course, on Monday for the brand new week. Uh, and, of course, a full week of shows. We actually have a lot of great guests coming your way uh, this week on the uh, show. It's guest-heavy, so looking forward to that, including former NHLer Jason Williams on the show with us Tuesday. So uh, definitely looking forward to that, as well as our BetCast coming up on uh, Tuesday night, our next BetCast. So it's going to be a very busy uh, week ahead and looking forward to it. Busy Saturday. It's not just we've got one NHL playoff game, and it's obviously the series I'm really most excited about, Edmonton-Vegas game two tonight. But you've also got, of course, NBA playoffs continue, full baseball slate. There's a big UFC pay-per-view tonight. There's boxing uh, tonight yes. as well. And, of course, the first jewel uh, of the Triple Crown, uh, the Kentucky Derby uh, in uh, horse racing. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of my emotional sentiments involving that race have gone out the window with our guy Skinner, uh, the horse. <laughs> Uh, scratch from that uh, Kentucky Derby. I was going to place a sentimental bet on Skinner. I ac actually was going to do that, but now, sure enough, he's not even going to be in uh, the Kentucky Derby. What a shame that is, Alex. Uh, Would have been nice to throw a couple bucks down on Skinner and see how he did. Yeah, as soon as I saw the post uh, positions uh, a few days ago, I messaged you immediately. I'm like, you got to bet Skinner, right? Like, that's like we have to do that all as a group. But uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. He got scratched. Uh, the two horses that my mom had got scratched, and then I had Forte. He gets scratched this morning. So, you know, that's just how it goes in, in the horse racing game. It's kind of tough. But, uh, like I said, a huge Saturday. And this always is a big Saturday. It's funny. Whenever the Derby – I always think about the Derby going back the same day when Pacquiao and Mayweather fought and, like, the Spurs. And that's one of the first times, and, and it's rare, that I'll combine sports in a parlay. But, uh, but I had a Mayweather-Spurs – parlay that hit and, and and that's this is a good look for a day like this honestly if you like stuff in multiple sports throw a few bucks i mean you know horse race i i put maybe 50 bucks total on, on a whole day of races i, I keep it kind of small and low key but if you tie them in something if you like you know the hockey game tonight or one of the nba games or one of the fights especially when you're talking about fights with these big favorites it, it, it this is not a bad day to have a cross sport parlay yeah, exactly. For for fun. Again, we don't recommend yeah. you put yeah, massive, massive amounts and uh, multiple units on these bets. But yeah, you want to have a little bit extra uh, fun uh, and, you know, a chance for at least a, a somewhat uh, bigger payout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Throw a few bucks at it and you never know uh, what can happen. And this is certainly a day where a cross sport parlay can be easily put together with so much going on. Uh, so unfortunately, Skinner uh, in the uh, Kentucky Derby ends up uh, being scratched. We go from horses getting scratched to players on the ice that I think should be scratched. Yes, for Brad, I'm talking about you for the New Jersey Devils. Um, what a pathetic playoffs, by the way, for him. As we recap last night, I mean, this is a guy that scored 40 goals this year for the New Jersey Devils, and you can't even notice him out there uh, on the ice. And again, last night, it was a quiet, no goals, no assists, minus two. 
uh, in his plus-minus rating for uh, Jesper Bratt. I mean, just really an awful, awful postseason for a guy that had such a great regular season. And uh, he's already been demoted at times here in the playoffs, down the lineup by Lindy Ruff for poor play. And really, that was the uh, sentiment after last night's game, too, for the New Jersey Devils. Poor play. Uh, it really was by them. And um, look, this Devils team defensively last night with the puck, you know, you're going to be lucky, okay, if Carolina, one of the more responsible, regimented, you know, sturdy defensive teams in the NHL, they truly are Carolina, you know, and that's why goalies like Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta can look so good. You know, it's not that they're necessarily phenomenal goaltenders. I think Frederick Anderson on his best day is a very good goaltender. I don't think he's at the elite level. I don't think even in his best days he was quite at the elite level. But because the D is so great in front of their goalie, they make the goalie look good. And Carolina, you're going to be lucky in this series if you see two or three of the blatant turnovers, the blatant giveaways in this entire series from the Hurricanes blue line. You saw two or three of those things in one game last night from the New Jersey Devils. You know, just awful puck management. Uh, look, I ripped the Leafs for some of their top players being a little too fancy schmancy. I'm talking to you now, Jack Hughes. Like, let's let's get harder on the puck. You know, let's put pucks to the net. Let's not try to do dingle dangles all over the ice. Shit's not going to work as well when you're playing a team like the Carolina Hurricanes who defensively can get it done. So, you know, keep it simple, you know, harder on the forecheck, harder on pucks. You know, the soft, finesse skill plays don't work as well at this yeah. time of year. And I'm, you know, I'm criticized. Now, they're older players, Matthews, and I criticized Marner and them for that crap in their game two loss against Florida. I'm criticizing the Devils' top players for that same crap last night. You know, just way too soft on the puck. Simple as that uh, last night. And um, not enough finish. Couldn't penetrate the uh, Carolina defense. They missed golden opportunity early in the game with the five on three that they were given. Uh, they couldn't capitalize on it. And right then and there, I said, Devils aren't going to win this game. I said that to my, I said that out loud after that five on three got killed. They're not going to win this game. That was a brilliant opportunity that went by the wayside uh, and credit to the Carolina penalty kill, of course. And uh, now that's two games in a row too. And for Akira Schmid, this is now the first time where if I'm Lindy Ruff, I am contemplating another goaltender uh, for game three. Just because, you know what, even at 3 nothing, you're probably not coming back. But Akira Schmidt ensured you're not coming back. That was just brutal puck handling by him. Total mismanagement, total mishandling uh, of the puck. And it ended up in the back of the net, courtesy of Marty Natchez, which was the backup, uh, the back-breaking goal late in the second period to make it 4 nothing uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, very uphill battle uh, coming up for the Devils down 2 nothing. That being said, here's your glimmer of hope for New Jersey, okay? It's that Carolina has been a below average road team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Last year, they weren't good on the road. This year, well, they beat, they lost to the Islanders in game three. They did beat the Islanders uh, in uh, game four, and they did close out the Islanders, uh, obviously, in game six. So they actually went two and one on the road in that first round against the Islanders, but they're still, they're at least more beatable on the road compared to at uh, Raleigh there at PNC Arena. So that's what your glimmer of hope is for New Jersey. But just like I talked about the Leafs' top players being soft, Devils' top players were soft. Last night, they've got to play playoff harder on pucks, harder on the forecheck, throw the body every now and then, too. You know, that, that that's not always a bad thing in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they could learn a thing or two about that. So uh, it's an uphill battle for the Devils. 
uh, and it puts them in a near must-win situation Sunday afternoon in Game 3 uh, when the scene shifts back to Jersey. But uh, Alex, uh, all Carolina all the time. But actually for us, from a betting standpoint, for me certainly it didn't uh, end, uh, end up going too badly at all. In fact, it was yeah. pretty good. The overcash, that was the primary look for me. You like the over in that game. That was your best bet. I made sure I mentioned that yesterday on the uh, show. Uh, and uh, I actually hit a bunch of Carolina goal props because I thought, and I said this yesterday on the show, I thought there was some great value. And some of these guys that I thought might step up and are showing signs of playing better, like I sprinkled just a few bucks on Stefan Nason again to score. He got I sprinkled on Code Kanyemi because I've noticed him step up his game uh, lately. He was plus 390 to find the back of the net last night, or plus 460, rather. Nason was plus 390 uh, to find the back of the net. So a couple of big-time bargain bin goal cashers for me last night, courtesy of Cook and Yemi and Nason, who actually I think are still going to show some value moving forward. The, and look, credit to Carolina. They got tarred and feathered for that Cook and Yemi you know, offer sheet, that they matched it, and look, the return was not good for the longest time, but man, they're finally getting some return on their investment for Jesperi Cook and Yemi. He had a, he's had a great series, and I think he might have been the best forward on the ice for the Carolina Hurricane for the for both teams last night. He scored, you know, goal, a big goal. He's throwing his weight around. I couldn't believe the hit he had on Heeshear. I could not believe that. That's that's Cook and Yemi doing that. <laughs> I had to I had to make, rewind to make sure it was him laying that big hit on Heeshear. I couldn't believe it. Um, but credit to him. All right. He's been criticized a lot since he's been in Carolina for not delivering the goods. He delivered the goods last night. Good on him, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's the difference that when you look at that with, with Kokaniemi and then look back at, at Hughes, you know, that's the difference between playoff hockey and regular season hockey. Kokaniemi probably doesn't throw that hit in any of the 82 games in the regular season, but now it's the playoffs. And now you buckle down. You got to play playoff hockey. And that doesn't mean completely abandoning your style. If you're a, a speed and finesse guy, you still want to keep that. But you got to add that grit to your game, even if you don't normally have it uh, during the, the rest of the year. Uh, think about all of the, the the top you know stars over the years. The you know Ovechkins, the Canes, the Crosbys. They all had a little bit extra grittiness to their game. It wasn't all just just dangles, uh, you know, and highlight reel goals. They would get in, in, into the dirty angles. They would find different creative ways to try to score, but also just like say, you know, be hard on the forecheck, hit when you need to. Those are the key things that that bring a team together and, and help you win games this time of year. And uh, like I said, New Jersey is just kind of falling apart. And, you know, Schmid, I mean, the, the magic's over. You know, and every game that, that he won, most of it was due to the fact that he had the, his defenders working overtime Blocking shots, like I said, I always talk about the active sticks, the way they were able to shut down uh, the shot quality and the passing quality uh, of the Rangers. They're not doing that here with Carolina. Carolina is a team that their their shots we talk about it all the time. You know, they're they're you know Corsi darlings for years because of the fact of, of how much they shoot, but the quality in which they shoot. Uh, and, and they're one of the cleaner passing teams in the league. And, and uh, you know, Schmidt's getting exposed. Vanacek's getting exposed. Uh, you go to Mackenzie Blackwood, he'll get exposed too. So it, this is uh, this is troublesome for uh, the Devils. And, you know, the only thing I can look at, we'll talk about a little bit later with game three, would probably be Devils' first period. This, this has that same feel like last year with Florida. They don't win the first period, they're done in the series. So, uh, you know, we'll have to find the find ways to, to bet that accordingly. But uh, it's it's problematic. And, you know, 
from a futures ticket standpoint, not so much on the teams, but coaches, because they named Lindy Ruff as one of the three finalists for the Jack Adams Award, along with Jim Montgomery of the Ruins and Dave Haxall of Seattle. Uh, It's funny. I'm kind of like, well, I don't want Seattle to win this in the next round, but if Seattle and New Jersey get bounced out, and the fact that Montgomery got bounced in the first round, maybe that helps uh, that Dave Haxtell ticket to be live. I know some people have it as high as 33 to 1. So uh, it's an interesting development to kind of watch out for with those two teams still being left in the postseason. Yeah, I, I'm there's obviously I'm hoping that Haxtell, because I know there's multiple people that have tickets on Dave Haxtell uh, to yeah. be a coach of the year here for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, I think many. I, I don't think many of them bet it preseason, though. I think a lot of people bet it midseason when Seattle was starting to go on right. that huge run that they had. That you know they got right up to near the top of the Pacific Division at one point with that run they put together, uh, and that's when a lot of people jumped in on Hackstall because the price was still so good uh, at that time uh, with him to get the uh, Jack Adams I, Award. I Although, a, if you look well, at all the experts, they seem to think it's better complete. Jim Montgomery's getting it, but we'll it, see. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. It, it should be a runaway with Montgomery. You know, based on what the regular season was like, but and, and that's the thing. It's like, how what do you do? They quantify that it's regular season only. Do they not? You know, the writers can be kind of be uh, picky with this a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I grabbed a twelve to one and a eighteen to one back in mid December. So like I said, I know I know some people who had them. Like I said, yeah, earlier than that, they got twenty five up to thirty three to one. So uh, yeah, root for those tickets to come. Yeah, just uh, they, they, I think the chat already took care of it, but I know someone, Julian, in the chat was asking, does a goal also count as a shot on goal? Yes. Anything that hits the net uh, is essentially a shot on goal. The only thing that won't be, count as a shot on goal is if it hits the crossbar or the post. And that still frustrates me that, that those aren't counted as a shot <laughs> yeah, on that, goal. That is but, insane. Yeah. But it, it is not for some reason. A shot on goal, it has to actually be the inside part. I guess they don't, you know, the post is not part of the actual, you know, on goal. They consider that, you know, the they outside. need to overhaul that entire system. Yeah. For, if, for yeah. people to be betting on it now, the entire yeah. shotgun goal system needs to be revamped, and they need to use the trapezoid as a reference. The trapezoid behind the net should be should be your your reference window, and then of course anything within the crease, that should be your your shot. If the puck's in that area, and not behind the net, that should be shot on goal. Yeah, and the, I'm right with Rich H, and I'm right yeah. with our guy Landon, both of which are been regular members of our betcasts over the last uh, several weeks. I'm with both of them, and they're commenting it right now, and I'm putting the comments on the uh, screen here. I- I'd like to know what the fuck happened with Brent Burns. How do you go from four shots on goal, from, and it was four at four from early, late in the second, early in the third, and then I yeah. look back late in the third, and they've got his box score stat line at three shots on goal again. Like, we're taking away shots on goal now, seriously? Like, that's, th- 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 they've got a, they've, you're right, overhaul the system. This yeah. is too important now. There's money being wagered on this shit now. Big money, you know, yeah. in a lot of cases. You can't be jerking people around like this. You've got to make sure there's a uniform system, what's clearly a shot. And once it's registered and it's on the board and it goes out to all the apps, ESPN app, the score app, the NHL.com site, and it's there as a shot on goal. You can't then say five, ten minutes later. I've even seen 20, 30 minutes later a shot on goal being taken away on the box score from somebody. That can't happen. That can happen. You put it on the board, it stays there, period. It's a, it's the most unstable stat in sports. Yeah. When you think about it, maybe next to yeah. baseball errors, which are, which are yeah. also kind of a coin flip. You know, we talk about, if, if you're a football fan, you joke about all the time about what the hell is an actual catch. But once it's called a catch on the field and it's in the stat sheet, then it's there. It's 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 a catch. Like, yeah. there's no back and forth with it. So, yeah, they, they got to do something about that. 
That's right. It's just that same calmer may be onto something here. That's why I don't bet player props. It's so subjective. Yeah. You got to definitely be careful with it sometimes. That's why I, all the player props for me are a little bit lesser. And in some cases, a lot lesser in the amount put on those than the uh, sides and the totals, the full game stuff. So uh, that's always, you got to keep an eye on that. They're, they're nice little bankroll builders, but I still think there's a, it's a long, a long way to go if ever before player props become, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to build our bankroll primarily off player props. No, uh, no I'm yeah. not at that place yet, and I don't know if I ever will be. And it's shit like this that's part of the reason why. Uh, all right, let's uh, get our attention set on the four games this weekend. Uh, and uh, we got one tonight, and then we've got three, a nice triple header uh, coming your way on Sunday. There were supposed to be two games uh, today, but uh, there was a conflict in the Florida building, and they didn't want to go uh, on the, you know close to with Miami Heat playing a home game today. So as a result, the Florida game got moved to uh, Sunday uh, in uh, against the Leafs. So that's why it sets up a triple header tomorrow. The only game today, but it's again, the series I'm most excited about game one was just a terrific game. I think the whole series is going to be terrific game two, Edmonton, Vegas. We've got the Oilers minus 125 road favorites, six and a half, the total uh, here in game two. Look, if not for the power play, that's uh Vegas domination pretty much in game one at five on five, even strength. I don't think there's any debate there Uh, at five on five. They were excellent. They outplayed uh, the Edmonton Oilers at even strength. Obviously when Vegas takes penalties and doesn't stay out of the penalty box, uh, they're going to put themselves in danger against this Edmonton team. This truly is one of the best power plays in a single season that I've ever seen in my 30 plus years watching hockey. It's not even not even a debate that this is, one of the best, if not the best, power play in my 30 years. It's, it's that ridiculous what Edmonton continues to do with the man advantage. But at some point, you've got to stabilize your five-on-five even strength game. And it was definitely something that Jay Woodcroft brought up in the postgame following game one. We just got to be better at five-on-five, you know, be more uh, more of a – get our be more four-check heavy five-on-five. Five. I don't think they had the puck as much as they would have liked at five on five. And you know why that is? Because I think the Edmonton uh, Oilers, especially a lot of their defensemen, they got to be a little bit harder on the puck, you know, hemmed in in their, in their offensive zone. But that's what Vegas can do to you. Vegas is, an, I think, an elite four-checking team. And, and they can do it because they have four lines. There's not a huge drop-off between the first line and the fourth line. There really is not. You know, they are very balanced. One through six, we've talked about it ad nauseum, how balanced they are, how much depth they have on the blue line. Same thing goes up front for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, Alex, you look at this roster and you look at the top line and it's um, for the Vegas Golden Knights, Barbashev, Eichel, and Marcia. So, and what a game it was for Barbashev also in a game one close. Jay Barbashev, he had a great uh, start to this uh, series. You got Riley Smith, Carlson, and Michael Amadio, who now is someone I'm interested again from a, in again from a prop standpoint because he's really picking it up here the last few games for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you've got a third line with Mark Stone. Your like your captain's on the third line. That's insane. And, and he's obviously a very good player. He had a good game one. And Chandler Stevenson's been one of your best forwards on the in the playoffs so far. He's on the third line for Vegas. So the depth is really strong. And I think, you know, unless Laurent Brossois falls apart, Vegas has definitely got a chance to win this series. There's no question. And especially if Edmonton's five-on-five even strength play does not improve. And it's going to have to moving forward. You can't live on the power play. I don't care how good it is, okay? It could be the best power play in the history of the sport. You cannot win a series on the power play alone, okay? It's going to give you a chance, 
but you're going to have to do something and be better at five on five. And the Oilers are going to have to improve in that uh, department here uh, tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, Brossois was, I think, solid, even though he gave up. And Skinner's the one that has to get better. I thought that was not one of Stuart Skinner's better games. Uh, the, the goal that really put Vegas, you know, comfortably, not comfortably ahead, but gave them a little cushion, 5-3 in the third period. I'd like my goalie to make that save, quite honestly. Uh, and it kind of got through Skinner. He got a piece of it, but not enough. So he's going to have to step up his game. He's been a very good goalie off a loss, though. Stuart Skinner and the Oilers have been very good off a loss. You look at the first round, lost game one, they won game two, lost game three, they won game four. They were pretty good off a loss last year. So I do think Edmonton can step up. The road record, as we've talked about, has been very good. So I think Edmonton does win tonight, tie up the series. Minus 125, I do have a little bit on that. But the primary bet for me is the same bet I cashed with in game one. You know, and because win or lose, I think there's going to be a great chance that Edmonton gets four goals in many of the games in this series. You know, they did it even with very minimal five-on-five contributions in game one. So I think that team total is once again the look here. And again, it's right around even money to look at that Edmonton Oilers team total over three and a half uh, in this game. It's my favorite bet on this game, quite honestly. It's just, and it's minus 109 at Pinnacle. It's an excellent price. Terrific. Just even money over three and a half. And I think you get uh, Edmonton certainly with a little sense of uh, the urgency level just ramps up a little bit trying to avoid a 2-0 series deficit. So uh, Edmonton team total over 3.5 with a sprinkle on the money line. But I definitely veer more, a lot more toward the team total. I don't want to be in a scenario again, Alex, where it's 5-4 Vegas. I cash my team total, but if I go heavy on the money line, I lose. I don't want to be there with Edmonton tonight. So I like the team total look a lot more. I like the both teams to score plus 135 in the first period for uh, Edmonton and Vegas tonight at BetMGM. Uh, which is where you can find that. So I think that's, I think you're going to, and by the way, I went back and looked, Alex, at the game one of this series mm-hmm. and every regular season game this year between Edmonton and Vegas. Do you know what happened? Both teams mm-hmm. found the back of the net in the first period. So that's what I think makes that first period, both teams to score look very uh, attractive at plus 135 here. Like I say, I think that's even better than the, you can go first period over uh, in this game. But again, you're talking about no bargain. Uh, it's no. one and a half. It's actually, you know, what's surprising. Two. It's minus 150 at FanDuel at over one and a half. So it's, it's a little twos surprising. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Two's everywhere else, though, pretty yeah. much. So I still think you could sprinkle on that. And I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of the first period over. But I think for bang for your buck standpoint, that both teams to score plus 135 in the first period is really good, especially when you factor in every Oilers Golden Knights game this year, regular season and playoffs. We've seen at least one one in the uh, opening period. So I like that look. Uh, I did I did bet over six and a half overnight when it was minus 130, 35. Like it's now it's minus 140, minus 150, and even some books have moved to seven. So I say if you have not bet the full game total yet, you wait uh, and you wait for a six and a half to pop up after the uh, first uh, few minutes. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Uh, a nice uh, an important game too here, uh, Edmonton Bay. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm just looking back at those those numbers now. Eleven and three to the first period over uh, in their entire history between the two teams. So, always been up and down pace, and uh, I think that those are the right calls. Honestly, you, you get more bargain uh, with your buck for both teams to score first period as opposed to first period over. You're laying two at plus one hundred five. So, not only are you getting a, a worse number essentially with the two that needing three, but now. Uh, you know, you're taking about 30 cents out of your pocket. So that's the way to look at. But I'm going to go with that team total over uh, with the Oilers as well. I was able to grab three and a half minus a dollar ten. I saw that at my bookie. 
And uh, like I said, I don't want any part in the side here because Edmonton should win this game. Like I said, they're great off off of a, a loss, but they Vegas is, has this rhythm right now. And like I said, if Basua can bounce back and have a a tighter game uh, and, and you know make some big saves, then Vegas could be live in this one as well. So it's as far as sides goes, I'll probably be looking for something in game. This will be another, like I said, I'll be able to catch a couple next to uh, score props in game one. So I'll be looking to do that in game two as well. So more of a live look game for me. But I will go Oilers team total over three and a half. Yeah, I don't mind what Dave's saying in the chat. I am high volume better. It's a risky way of betting. It is. But the thing is with my high volume ways, and I, I stress this to everybody, I could get a horrible day. With uh, in a in in one sport, let's say I have fifteen baseball bets, I have a horrible day. I go, you know, five and ten. You know, they're small amounts. They're smaller amounts. They're and they, I keep everything around the same amount, so that you know your your worst days, you're not absolutely crushed by them. You know, and that's very important to point that out. Maybe on your great days, you don't make nearly as much as you would like, but I still notice it. Believe me, on a really really good day. But on your worst days, the way I would go with the high volume and keeping everything, you know, quarter unit, half unit, and everything around the same amount, when you have your absolute worst days, your absolute shittiest day betting that you could possibly have, you know, you're not going to get crushed and just absolutely ripped apart financially by it because you're keeping everything smaller into the same amount. That's the, yeah, that's exactly. the key thing to hit home with the high volume style. And, and and if you're watching our show or anybody else's show that's giving out picks in 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 bulk like this, you know you don't have to bet every single thing. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of times, especially I know for me personally, because I'm not a high volume better. There's a lot yeah. of looks that I like, and then once I sit and weigh and grade them down, they get cut down. So I could have a 15 game card and like 25 different things, but maybe only end up betting four or five of them because I'm, I'm not going to just jump in with 25 plays in a given night necessarily. Uh, so, you know, you have to kind of weigh those options out on your own personally on, on top of any information you listen to. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely what you want to do. As far as props go, do I even have to say it with Evan Bouchard anymore? <laughs> I mean, to get score, to get a point. I mean, it's just been uh, absolutely insane. Although finally, for the first time, I think this whole time, it's above minus 150 with his point prop. It's up to minus 160. So they've, they're finally, finally recognizing that, uh, you know, this is uh, this is an adjustment that's finally being made on him. But, uh, no, I think when you look at it, I like Ivan Barbashev goal and point props. Uh, I think he's on a consecutive game point streak, if I'm not mistaken. The point prop, I really like on Barbashev. You know, he's been really uh, stepping up here, playing on that top line with Eichel and Marcia. So, uh, yes, I, I Carlson, Stevenson, those two guys in terms of goal props for Vegas, totally undervalued still. Worth a look. And, of course, I hit with Stevenson in game one. Uh, Stevenson's been terrific uh, on that third line. Still getting great prices with him to find the back of the net. We're looking at plus uh, 280 uh, in a lot of uh, spots. I think even bet 365, the price might be even a little bit better uh, for uh, Chandler Stevenson to find the uh, back of the net here tonight uh, in this game. Uh, plus 320. Yeah, at uh, bet three six five. So I like that uh, quite a bit uh, in this one. Carlson still close to that plus two eighty, plus three hundred range uh, as well for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl goal prop and over one and a half points prop as well until proven otherwise. Bouchard assists too, Rich. Yeah, minus one fourteen. That's a great way of knocking it down. Uh, the point prop from minus one sixty to minus one fourteen. Uh, because, you know, most of his points are assists. He does pop one in every now and then with the patented Bush bomb uh, from the point, especially on the power play, but most of his points are assists 
uh, Evan Bouchard. So the assist prop at minus 114 is a good look if you don't want to lay the minus 160 with uh, Bouchard to get a point. Uh, and like I say, I'm just going right back to the red-hot German, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, their goal, and over one and a half points. I mean, he has just been ridiculous at getting to multi-point games here lately for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, you ride the hot hand. No one's been able to slow him down. No one's been able to shut him down. I think I might look at uh, Laurent Brossois as well, maybe over saves tonight, 28 and a half. And you just hope that, uh, you know, he doesn't get pulled kind of like we saw with Akira Schmidt last night. And that's why I didn't bet a Schmidt prop last night. I was worried he'd get pulled. I was worried that maybe Carolina would put a few by him and he might get taken out. And that's exactly what we ended up seeing happening. So I'm um, a little bit reluctant there as far as the uh, uh, Laurent Brossois prop is concerned, but still would lean in that uh, direction. But definitely some good looks here as far as this uh, game goes. This is definitely a good prop game because, you know, I think most of this series is going to be highly uh, high event, if you will. You know, with just the way these teams like you look back, Alex, like we're not we're not just um, assuming it's going to be high event, higher pace, high scoring hockey. Look at every Edmonton Vegas game this year. Every single one. That's just the way it's been. You know, it's been a lot of seven fours and six fives and four threes, you know, between these two teams this year. So it's just been high pace every single time. And I think you're probably going to see more of the same. Uh, here uh, tonight with the uh, Herrick, with the uh, Oilers and the uh, Golden Knights. All right, next up, we've got uh, Carolina and New Jersey. Uh, we've got uh, New Jersey here, minus 135 home favorites here. So how about that? Devils down 2 nothing, but fi- not just favored at home, but favored by a decent amount here. Uh, minus 135, total 5.5 here in this game. Uh, Alex and I were talking about this uh, game before uh, the uh, show started. Uh, and we both thought that if the New Jersey Devils are going to get their way back into this series, it's got to happen in the first period for them. You know, they've got to be strong. Uh, they've got to uh, be able to uh, have a good first 20 minutes, something that's not happened so far uh, in this series. So I think from a situational perspective here, as far as this game uh, three goes on Sunday, and look, that's been a pretty decent crowd for them. You know, that we always say this about the Devils playoff crowd, a lot like the Rangers and the Islanders, those other New York teams, they're louder in the playoffs. Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Petrangelo assist Rich H. Yep. Uh, that's a good one, too, because he's been uh, going over the assist prop routinely as well. Good call there. But I, I do like New Jersey in the first period here. But I don't know if I like them more than that. I think the first period's the look. This kind of reminds me of the way I felt about Toronto in game two against Florida. Get in and get out. You know, get your New Jersey in the first period and hope that cashes. And I'm not worrying then for the next 40 minutes about whether they bring that game home to the win column. You know, because I do think Carolina has asserted themselves here in this series as the little bit of a better team. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go with New Jersey minus 125 first period money line. I'm going to go half on that and half just for a little bit, you know, tastier payout half on minus a half plus 180, the first period puck line on New Jersey. So just for a little bit bang for your buck. So I want a little security that if it's tied after the first, we won't lose everything. So minus 125 money line. Minus a half plus 180 puck line split on the uh, New Jersey Devils here uh, in the opening period on Sunday. And I'm going back to the well with over five and a half, Alex. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, these totals have not been adjusted one bit. Both of the games in this series have gone over the total. We're still seeing five and a half shaded to the under. It's plus 110 to the over at a lot of books right now. Um, You know, I've already cashed two overs. If this one loses, so be it. We're still up in the series as far as betting these totals. So I like over five and a half again, plus 110. And if anything, I expect New Jersey to really be a lot more 
pace driven. Uh, even Jack Hughes said that we're just we're playing their game. We're playing too slow. He actually said that after the game. We're playing a little bit too slow. We're not moving the puck fast enough. So I think New Jersey is actually going to try to ramp up the pace. They'll get the line matchups they want because it's uh, home ice. They'll have last change. So I'm going right back to over five and a half here uh, in game three with these two teams. Alex, what do you think here? Game three, Carolina, New Jersey. Yeah, definitely running about with the over five and a half. Um, like I said, with just the way New Jersey's goaltending is, is gone, it seems like no matter who's in net, they're going to be uh, giving up goals. Carolina can keep uh, pressuring them and, and, and keep the pace that they've been playing with the first two games. If you like Carolina in this series and in this game, the way you bet it is maybe take a unit and split it amongst three things. You take Carolina plus 115, you take Carolina the sweep, which is still at four to one, and you take Carolina – uh, to win the series four games to one at plus 275. That's the best option to do if you like Carolina. If you like New Jersey, you take New Jersey however you like them. But like I said, I'm going to go with the first uh, period puck line. I got minus, uh, one, a minus a half at plus 175. And I'm also going to take a small shot with that Carolina to win the series four to one at plus 275 because uh, that number will certainly probably change regardless of who wins. Uh, obviously, it's going to be even higher if, if New Jersey loses and Carolina takes a 3-0 lead. But, uh, like I said, I'm not sure where I'm standing on as far as side goes. New Jersey should be amped up. And I know everybody said, well, they were down on two last series. It was much different because they were at home losing those two games, and then they had to buckle down and be on the road. And we talk about this often during the regular season. Sometimes getting away from home can be uh, a, a better thing for teams. You know, you, you're more business-like. You know, the family's not around. You're in the hotel. You're locked in and, and focused in. Now it's reverse. You lost two on the road. You come home. You got to have that energy early. The crowd, the team, everybody's got to be amped up in that first 20 minutes. And if not, Carolina can jump out and get a, a, a lead, score two goals, take the air out of that building, then the Devils are in some serious trouble. So, I'm just sticking with for the side uh, and and game three. I'm going with the over five and a half and Devils on the first period puck line. And like I said, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Carolina to win series four games to one because it wouldn't shock me one bit. Devils find a way to win this game. Carolina bounces back off of a loss, wins the uh, game four, and then goes home and ends it. So. Yeah, and uh, that's why this this is the this is a, we're time to talk about two teams down two nothing uh, on Sunday, and both of them got to have it, you know, because we know how difficult it can be. Uh, down three nothing uh, in a playoff series that your, your your chances of coming back and winning four straight are very minuscule. So this is obviously very imperative for New Jersey. And look back on Omice, the, the top. The, I need more out of Hughes. I need way more out of Brat. I don't know if I'm going to get more out of Brat because he's had multiple. He had a chance to back up the lineup after he was demoted to the fourth line, and he really didn't improve anything. So we're just about had enough of him, you know, at this point. But you know, Eric Halla had a great series against the Rangers. We get a little more out of him in this round. Uh, you need more from him. Uh, you know, Dawson Mercer has had a great season. He's been pretty quiet so far in this uh, Carolina series. So those are the guys that have to step up here for the uh, Devils. And again, to be determined where they go with their goaltending, uh, I think as well, the uh, New Jersey Devils, because I know they gave, and they made the right call to go back to Schmidt in game two because he didn't deserve to lose the net after just that game one when he, we saw in game six, uh, a bad game against the Rangers. He bounced back and played well in Game Seven, but I do think it would not shock me if we go if we see Vitek Banachek back uh, in between the uh, pipes tomorrow for the uh, New Jersey Devils in the game that they've got to have essentially. And uh, you know, as far as um, 
the the props. I mean, right now we don't have a, a, as many of the props posted fully yet for the game threes tomorrow. Um, but uh, you know, I would Brent. If you're not frustrated with last night, uh, Brent Burns over shots on goals three and a half again, or it's going to be three and a half again. Um, yeah, I, th- I still thought he got to four, and we know he shoots the puck a ton. He's, he does have to do a better job hitting the net, though. That that's two games in this series. He's missed the net with his shot attempts more often than he does. So, uh, you know, I think if you're New Jersey, this is a game where Hughes got to step up. I think th- I actually think Jack Hughes anytime goal scores a really good bet in this game. I think he's this is the game where he's going to have that impact or make that impact back home. He know he actually was admitting that he could be better after last night's loss. So uh, definitely, uh, I think uh, Hughes goal score prop. This is his time. It's got to happen. You know, if New Jersey's going to get back into the series. And like I said, I did take that adjusted series price. I, I knew they had a risk of losing both in Carolina. I actually did think they were going to win at least one in Carolina. It didn't happen. But if you do like the uh, Devils to win the series, it's up to plus 300 now, you know, in a lot of spots if you like them to come back. And we know Carolina, you know, last year on the road was not good. This year they did win two or three on the road against the Islanders. So maybe it's going to be a better uh, run for the uh, Hurricanes on the road this year in the playoffs. But again, not over yet, but New Jersey's got to have it, obviously, tomorrow. All right, we have two more games left uh, on Sunday. We'll talk Toronto, Florida, Dallas, Seattle. Uh, game three matchups for Sunday coming up in just a moment. Hit the like button, 100 live viewers on YouTube. We appreciate it, and shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back to talk Toronto, Florida. Leafs almost have their backs against the wall, and we'll talk about it right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, it is time to roll along here to Toronto and Florida. And we're going to find out if this little uh, exercise for the uh, Toronto or for the Florida Panthers trying to block uh, ticket getters from Canada uh, from uh, to get into the game if it's actually going to end up working. I don't think it will. I think there's going to be a ton of blue and white uh, in the crowd tomorrow night in Florida at FLA Live Arena. We've got the Leafs down 2 nothing in this series, basically in the same position as New Jersey. Uh, just about have to have this one. Uh, the Leafs minus 130 road favorites, 6.5 the total uh, in this game. Um, just an immaculate uh, approach I had uh, to game two of this series. and. Um, I, I can't. I said this. I said it on uh, Thursday's show that I was just not totally trusting the Toronto Maple Leafs for 60 minutes on Thursday night in Game Two. No, I did not think things would blow up so spectacularly 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first two minutes of the second period. And that's what they can point to, to why they're down 2 nothing. And it's a shame that their best players decided we're going to get sloppy with the puck. We're going to try to make fancy soft plays at our own blue line. And they paid the price for it, not once, but twice with those back-to-back goals early in the second period by the Florida Panthers. And they really did pay the price for it, uh, Toronto. And yes, they still had a lot of time to, and we're only down a goal, but you know, you gave Florida, you basically handed them two goals with horrible puck play. uh, And uh, you, they paid and you tried to tie it, but, Bobrovsky was once again very good, and I think that's been really something that has surprised me a little bit is that Bobrovsky's been this good. This is about as good a back-to-back game uh, sequence as I've seen out of Sergei Bobrovsky in a very long time. Uh, He's playing with great confidence right now. I think he's maybe inside the heads of Toronto just a little bit. I mean, a, a lot of the times we saw Matthews and Marner and Nylander, Tavares rushing their shots a little bit in the third period, where if they took their time, maybe they could have picked a corner or gone, you know, far side or beaten them, you know, in in those uh, great spots where you can uh, beat a goalie either upstairs or, you know, a shot in the corner of the net. And they were just rushing their shots a little bit. And I think it's because Bobrovsky's been good. And once a goalie puts his, uh, you know, footprints on the series playing extremely well, sometimes, you know, you, you do think overthink things a little bit when you're the opposing team trying to shoot the puck at that goalie. And I think maybe we saw that from Toronto in uh, game two. That being said, uh, it looks like as of right now, we saw Toronto's, I saw their morning skate lineup or the practice lineup this morning. They're practicing in Toronto this morning before flying out to uh, Florida later this afternoon. Uh, for tomorrow's game three. But uh, the only change is uh, Aston Reese is going in the lineup because of Matthew Nyes being out for the next two games with that concussion that he suffered from that Sam Bennett rock bottom WWE type body slam move. That's what it looked like to me. Uh, but that now all of a sudden, and it's unfortunate for the Leafs because Nyes had been playing so well, playing you know with a lot more poise you would expect from a rookie. Uh, in his first Stanley Cup playoffs. But he'll miss the next two games for the Leafs, obviously, as a result of that. So Aston Reese will draw back in. Looks like the blue line will stay the same. There was some wonder if Justin Hall would come back in, but it looks like Lilligren will stay in and the blue line will remain intact for Toronto here in uh, Game 3. Uh, obviously, it'll be the same goalie matchup, Samsonov and uh, Bobrovsky. I've just been so impressed with, you know, so many players you can say that have been impressive here for Florida. Reinhardt's been excellent here the last few games as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sam Bennett has been terrific. Kachuk's been awesome. Barkov is starting to pick things up after a slow start in the Boston series. Carter Verhage always seems to do damage against Toronto. And Brandon Montour goes without saying. You know what's amazing about Brandon Montour as well? You look at the uh, playoff stats so far here in the playoffs. Brandon Montour is four, tied for third in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs and goals. He's a defenseman, folks. And he's tied for third in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and goals with six for the Florida Panthers right now. I mean, that's exactly why he's a must-bet goal prop right now because he shoots the puck a ton. And right now that puck's going in the net. And you can get still almost plus 400 in this game, once again, on Brandon Montour to score a goal for the Florida Panthers. So that's how good he has been uh, for them. Uh, Of course, in game two, I just uh, picked the right way to bet it as far as the Leafs are concerned. First period puck line and that team total over one and a half at plus 200 uh, in the first period of game two, which was just an incredible price. And obviously they got the two goals and the lead uh, after the first period. I kind of feel like running it back here in this game. And I feel I think a little bit more comfortable with that 
then again, the Leafs full game because, you know, they have had those lapses like they did at the beginning of the second period of game two. And that does concern me a little bit. So I would probably look at an over one and a half. Once again, team total in that plus 200, I'm even seeing plus 210, you know, with the uh, team total over one and a half in the first period for Toronto, uh, the first period puck line on the Leafs. I'm, I'm, I like that again here in this game, because you would think backs against the wall, uh, they've got to bring their absolute best in the first 20 minutes, kind of like we just talked about with New Jersey. Uh, in the last game, you can get plus 170 uh, right now with Toronto on the first period puck line. I'm going to go back to those same two bets. I feel good about them. I think you're going to get, you know, a really, really good, um, uh, a really, really good um, effort uh, from the Leafs early in the game. Uh, and look, Toronto is don't sleep on their road record either here in the playoffs, three and oh. Uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs here in the playoffs on the road. They won all three road games against Tampa Bay. Um, and uh, I think you're going to have a strong start. And, you know, I'm not even – I think Toronto does win this game, but minus 130 on the road with what I've seen the last two games out of this Leaf team, I'm not comfortable laying a price on the road. I'm not. So it's kind of like the last game. I didn't want anything to do with Toronto minus 210. I'm really not all that enamored with doing anything with them at minus 130 here in game three. So turn a minus 210 in game two into a plus 130 with the first period puck line and a plus 200 with the first period team total uh, over. That's what I did with the Leafs in game two. And pretty much that's what I'm going to do here in game three. I'm going to turn a minus 130 with Toronto into a plus 170 on the first period puck line and a plus 210 with the first period team total over. Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, I, I, it's, it's actually not that it's a reasonable price minus 130, but I, I, I don't even minus one thirties. Uh, I'll lay minus one thirty all day in the regular season. I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more reluctant to do it in the playoffs, knowing how tight the games can be. Um, and how one bounce or one mistake can go against you. So I don't like it nearly as much. Uh, like I say, I'm more, I'm way more, um, willing willing and able to lay minus 130 in a regular season game uh, especially on the road as opposed to a playoff game uh, so that's why I still like that uh, approach and plus what we have seen from Toronto in this series is you know the strong start they did have a strong start in game two in a game they felt they needed to win and if they felt they needed to win game two how the hell do they think about game three because they've got to win this one you, Florida's just too good right now Florida wins this game Let's say Florida does win game three. They take a 3 nothing series lead. Um, that will be their sixth win in a row here in the playoffs. They've won five in a row now. Game five, six, and seven against Boston in the first two games of this series against Toronto. So if they win this game in Sunday night, they'll be 6-0 and in their last six playoff games. It'll be done as far as I'm concerned for Toronto. you're not. Th this team has just been playing too well as a group to have a four straight win comeback against this Florida Panthers team. So this is a must here for uh, Toronto. In fact, if Florida does go up 3 nothing, I'll probably bet Florida in game four for the first time in this series, honestly. <laughs> I, I think that it would be stick a fork in them time for Toronto. I uh, I could I could honestly see a four-game sweep if they do not win game three here on uh, Sunday night. So that's the way I'm approaching it. Man, I've been burned in horrible, painful fashion now, two games in a row with over six and a half here in this series. So I'm kind of pumping the brakes on that. What I'm going to look to do is probably a live over five. And maybe even if, if it hits five and a half at some point, maybe I'll look at a live over or six and a half at a plus price, but 
I don't think I'm in a rush to bet at pregame, especially with the over being, what, 6.5 minus 135 at that price? No. I'm going to wait for something better uh, in-game, especially when we've been, been two really tough beats for the over 6.5 in the first two games of this uh, Leafs and Panthers series. What I do like is both teams to score in the first period and probably the first period over more than the full game over uh, in this game. I could see both teams fine in the back of the net uh, in the opening 20 minutes uh, of this game. You're going to get a good price with that as well. I'm just checking it uh, right uh, now uh, at uh, BetMGM. No, I don't want to oh, fill out a survey here with uh, BetMGM. But, uh, <laughs> well, bad time plan. I'm trying to see the first period. Uh, yeah, first period lines here. I don't give two shits about some dopey survey. Let's go here. Uh, plus 140. There we go. With the uh, first period, both teams to score uh, for Toronto and Florida. I like that. I think that actually I like the Edmonton Vegas first period, both teams to score, which we've talked about has cashed in every game head to head this year with Oilers, Golden Knights. I think that price is pretty good too uh, for Toronto, Florida first period, both teams to score at the plus a uh, one forty. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here? Game three Leafs Panthers, a must get for the blue and white. I have to give you credit Ian, for two things. One for killing enough time me to use the bathroom just now. And two, for nailing... Nobody can kill time better than I. I could go on about one game for 30 minutes. You better believe it. Yeah. And, and two, for nailing... I mean, you had the look down pat for the first period in game two. That was fantastic. Uh, and I was actually at a bar watching it with a guy who had over six and a half. And I told him about what you bet. He's like, wow. And so uh, hopefully he's tuned in because he, uh, he got all our information about the show. But, uh, yeah, that's just a wonderful call. And... You know, he said somebody in the chat mentioned that, yeah, I said, you know, Toronto would probably get crushed in round two just off of the simple fact of just how big of a, of a, a series win getting out of round one was for them, right? But also I was anticipating that they'd be playing Boston, and that's why I said they'd be getting crushed. I did not expect them to be down uh, two games nothing against Florida, uh, you know, and I guess we have to start really giving this Florida team some credit for as bad as they played the second half uh, of the season. They look fantastic now. They, they, get, they got everything together. And, you know, I guess you can say there's a method to the madness with Paul Maurice. Uh, the style of play he wanted to adapt to this team has finally taken hold and it's being it's working out successfully. So I'll probably be on Florida uh, plus a dollar ten here. I, I don't trust in the, the ability for uh, the Leafs to, you know, you can't like I said, you can't lay a price with the Leafs, right? Like you just can't lay anything Maple Leafs and minus. I'm not I'm not attracted to right now. Uh, so, you know, you could, you can either adjust it and, and do like you did in game two, uh, you know, go with that, that same look of, of you know, uh, puck line and first period, uh, team total over. I, if you like first period over, I'm not going to lay, I'm seeing the best price being like 145, 150. Uh, so that's something you want to wait and grab live. But, uh, I think I'm just going to take a small shot with Florida, uh, plus 110. And I'll probably just put in pocket because it's, I mean, they'd be going up three, three, nothing if they win. Uh, I'm seeing plus 290 or plus 300 for Panthers to sweep. Uh, like I said, if they go down, Toronto goes down 3 nothing. I just see this one, uh, you know, being curtains, basically. So Panthers plus 110 and then a smaller shot on uh, Panthers to sweep at plus 290. There you go. Like in Florida here, plus 110 to possibly take a stranglehold and go up 3 nothing uh, in this series. It, it feels like a, a, a spot that screams – you know, go in on these top players for the Leafs to answer the bell, answer the call after their deplorable uh, puck management or lack thereof in game two, which cost them. Uh, and plus, they didn't do anything offensively at all. Let's be honest. Who got the two goals for the Leafs? Kerfoot and O'Reilly. You know, it wasn't anybody from the core four. Tavares, Melander, Marner, and Matthews. 
They didn't do anything. It feels like there's a situational spot that screams, take their goal props, take their point props. They're going to come to life, but are they? You know, and that, that that's the question you've got to ask yourself. Are they? And I'll say this right now. I'm fine running it back with Toronto first period puck line, Toronto team total over in the first period of this game uh, because I think it's the right way to approach it because the way I see it, if they don't start strong, they ain't winning this game. Like if they're tied or they're trailing, let's say that's the worst case scenario. They're actually trailing after the first period. You talk about the seed of doubt. It's not going to be a seed of doubt. It's going to be a fucking huge uh, melon of doubt uh, in their brains uh, that they're, you know, in big time trouble in this series. You know, if they're losing after the opening 20 minutes and I don't see a scenario where the Toronto Maple Leafs win this game if they're trailing after the first period. They're going to win this game. It's going to be thanks in large part to a strong start in that opening 20 minutes. That's exactly why I'm once again just zoning in on the Leafs in the first 20, early in the first period, uh, to be at their best, sharp, you know, urgent sense of urgency, desperation. Uh, and let's be honest, too, with uh, Florida, they do have to pick it up at home. You look at the Boston series, they lost game three at home. They lost game four at home. And they probably should have lost game six at home. You know, if Linus Allmark wasn't just a, a basket case uh, in net and hurt, it's not just basket case, but and hurt, you know, Boston probably would have and should have won that game in Florida as well. Game six. So Florida was not great at home in the first round against Boston. And Toronto was great on the road uh, in the first round against Tampa Bay. So that gives Toronto a chance. But again, they got to show it and they got to be good from the start and sustain it into the second period. And the third period, which they did not do in game two. I think they felt, hey, such a great first period. We've done enough to win the game the other night. It didn't doesn't work when you're playing a resilient, tough, hardworking team like the Florida Panthers and made Toronto pay for it. All right, next up, the final game of our four-game weekend uh, playoff slate here. This will be Sunday night to wrap up the busy weekend. Dallas Stars, Seattle Kraken series tied at one as the scene shifts to Climate Pledge Arena in the Pacific Northwest. Dallas minus 140 uh, road favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, I, I think the side's a little tricky here. I, I still think Dallas is going to win this series. I do think they're still better squad. Um, do I want to lay a buck 40, though, on the road with, with Seattle coming home in front of that great crowd? Not necessarily, but I don't want Seattle either. Um, so I, it's probably going to be one of those games I sit out from a side perspective, look more toward props, and I'll throw this out there as far as props go. Um, Bjorkstrand was uh, shockingly silent in game two. I might be willing to come back to him here, though, in game three uh, for the uh, Kraken. Uh, I would probably look toward Eberle, goal point prop. He was pretty good the last game. Schwartz as well has been very good for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Any props involving him are worth a look. That's never a bad idea to sprinkle on the likes of, you know, Geeky and Gord and some of those depth players as well. On the Dallas side, I've I've got my players in mind who have been more noticeable. Sagan, uh, no question about it. He continues to be terrific for them. Pavel, how do you not bet Pavelski to score? He's only got five goals in two games in this series. Now, he only had one. I don't know what's what a terrible game. That one goal he had uh, in game two. Uh, come on, you just got four the night before. You got to do that every night. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, no. Uh, Joe Pavelski's been great. Uh, no question about that. And uh, I think him right now, shots on goal, goal props, anything Joe Pavelski's worth a look in this game as well. Uh, like I say, those bargain bin guys that can strike at any given moment for the Dallas Stars, like a Dodonov and um, 
Mar Mason Marchment, guys like that, they could be worth a look. Rope Hints, I think, is due to get uh, on the score sheet as well. So it's a good prop game. Good prop game. Ty Cartier, yes, Cheshire Cat. Um, five playoff games, two goals. Uh, he looks very comfortable. He's like Matthew Nyes uh, of this Seattle team. He looks very, very comfortable, you know, playing in Stanley Cup playoff hockey for being a young guy. He was tearing it up, though, in the AHL uh, before his call-up, Ty Cartier. So it's uh, not totally shocking he's been able to contribute a little bit offensively here for Seattle. Plus, they're putting him in the top six. Dave Haxtell's giving him a role where he can thrive. So that has definitely helped his cause as well here in these in this in these playoffs. So I think it's a very intriguing game from a side perspective. So I'm just going to let it play out. Uh, I'm not on either side in this game. And again, I've got Dallas futures to win the West and the Stanley Cup. So I definitely am rooting for Dallas uh, to win this series because of that. I'm just going to come back to it's kind of like New Jersey, Carolina with this series as far as these totals. I mean, it's five and a half again. Both of the first two games went over the total. Every Dallas versus Seattle game this year, regular season and playoffs has gone over the total. Every one, both playoff games, every regular season game. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, we've seen over five and a half each and every game with these two teams head to head. It's still even money plus a hundred for over five and a half here. And that's what I'm landing on here. Dallas, Seattle over five and a half plus 100. Uh, Alex game three stars cracking. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, one of the, the listeners in the chat, Pearl of Wisdom, uh, just kind of conceding on the fact that uh, Kerry Schmidt's been exposed, and he says he's off of the uh, the devil to just give me a good Hold on, let me get the uh, uh, comment up here on the uh, screen. Yeah, You're right, Pearl has been to the Kerry Schmidt bandwagon. I'm yeah. off the devil for Vanacek in now. Schmidt was exposed by the – at least you said – now, I know you hate Vanacek. You don't trust Vanacek. You've made that clear from day one, but now you're even – throwing your guy Schmidt under the bus now saying he's been exposed for the camp after you made it sound like he's Marty Berger part two uh, earlier in the uh, playoffs. But no, I mean, it's been, look, uh, do you know what it is too, Perlo? It's, it's Schmidt's not been as good, but it's amazing how a team getting to the middle of the ice, a team getting to the front of the net, a team getting to the slot area can make a goalie much worse. And that's what Caroline has been doing. The Rangers didn't do any of that shit. It's too soft, too perimeter oriented. They didn't get to the middle of the ice. They didn't get to the slot. They didn't jam the goal crease, you know, like the Carolina Hurricanes are doing. That plays a role in a goalie struggles, too. And Carolina's just doing a better job of making them look that way. Yeah. 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 It's just that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. But uh, yeah. but anyway, with this game, Dallas and Seattle, you guys know how much I love Dallas, right? And I've got Dallas futures left and right in this series. And I have Dallas to sweep and Dallas to win in five because I was anticipating a, a possible back-to-back -back setup. Seattle made the necessary adjustments, and now there's going to be an actual gap in between. I still like Dallas, though, but I'm on Seattle uh, plus 120 in, in this spot, and it's to kind of correlate with I really thought this this series would go five or six games. Before seeing the whole possible scheduling conflict, I, I immediately said Dallas at five or Dallas at six. So I, I felt like Seattle would win a game, and this sets up just as perfectly almost as uh, the game three in the first series with Dallas where, you know, it just, you just felt like Minnesota just going to come out hot and they did. And they put the screws to Dallas, Dallas, you could tell in their body language too, when they lost that game, you could already tell it, okay, we're going to shake this off and come back next game. Dallas has that resiliency. We've seen this time and time again with this team. Like I said, this is a team that made it to a cup final just a few years ago. So not worried about Dallas. If they lose this game. I think they do. And I think this is a great price for Seattle. That crowd will be rocking and rolling. But Dallas will come back with uh, furious vengeance 
in game four. And that's what I'm hoping to look for. So uh, getting a Seattle win here would also mean that we probably see a closer to a pick them or even money situation, which would be prime for the picking to go with Dallas. So give me Seattle plus 120 in game three. There you go. Like in uh, plus 120 of the Seattle Kraken home underdog. And you know what? I, I know why you like Seattle and because you kind of mapped out how the Dallas Minnesota series was going to go. And you said that game three spot for Minnesota coming home with the series tied one, one, that's as much a Dallas is going to win this series, but man, I love Minnesota in game three. And sure enough, Minnesota, that was, that was pretty much all Minnesota. Uh, They did have a great game three against Dallas. Maybe this carbon copy of that Seattle back home crowd will be rocking. They get the uh, two, one series lead. They take game three. Do you think it's going to be the, like the exact same as Dallas, where it could be Seattle tomorrow night, they take a 2-1 lead, Dallas ties it in game four and finishes it maybe in five or six? That could happen. Yeah, it's possible. And and because of the fact that I or thought six, last six, series, six. last yeah. series I thought uh, Minnesota would be coming back down 0-2. They ended up getting yeah. that, that win, so they split the, the first two games. And had it been 0-2 in that series, I would have been on overtime in game four. So I probably will have a, a little draw bet. Uh, on game four as well if Dallas can win this one. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, regarding draw bets, um, I, I don't know if I love – I don't love as many draws this weekend for some reason. I don't. Yeah, uh, I and we have seen overtime kind of cool off. I'd maybe consider Toronto, Florida, Carolina, Jersey tomorrow as potential overtime games. But even then, I'm not crazy about uh, the, the possibility of a draw. Uh, in those uh, two games. But, uh, yeah, keep in mind, Dallas and Minnesota, you're right, it was 1-1. Minnesota won game three, two to one. Dallas won the next three games and then closed it out in six, winning the next three games. So I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but I think Alex thinks there's potential that happens here, that we get Seattle tomorrow night, and then um, we get uh, Dallas maybe winning the next three after that. But, again, they're going to have to work for it. The Seattle team is just relentless. They don't go away. Uh, and uh, like I said, I think Dallas, you know what I noticed too, Alex, about game two for Dallas? We said in game one on the betcast, we were on the betcast for game one, the speed difference from Minnesota to Seattle, Dallas really had trouble with it early in game one. Just that noticeable pace difference, speed difference through the four lines that the Kraken put out there. They were much better handling it in game two, much better handling it. They had a much greater idea of, wow, just what kind of team speed they're dealing with here with the Seattle team. And defensively, they were way more adept to take care of it. So now it's Seattle. Can they make the counter adjustment, you know, moving forward? But Dallas was just so much more effective in defending Seattle in game two. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and and it's funny. I was just reading in the chat because I was saying where Cheshire Cat thinks Dallas tomorrow cracking next to and I know that that makes a lot of sense too. I guess you know a lot of people like to play game fours with a team down three nothing because it's the ultimate you know fight back spot, right? Like it's do or die. Dallas has too much killer instinct, in my opinion, to, for that to happen. Uh, if they go up three nothing, this should be done within four, if not five games. So um, that's the way to look at it. But yeah, just I mean, just the, they're these two teams, their styles match up a lot better, I think, than people anticipated. Right, especially because with Seattle, you know, the, everybody was looking at Colorado and not, you know, giving Seattle much of a chance, but not realizing how beat up Colorado was. Seattle now is, you know, and, and if moving forward, this is really whether they lose this series or win it, this is kind of this should be a, a turning point for their franchise because this is the style of hockey they need to continue to play. I think 
They need to build upon playing with more speed, having the solid goaltending, and, and, and kind of matching the style that Dallas has. So Seattle can, can do that moving forward. They should be just fine. Like I said, as far as this series goes, I think it's just, uh, you know, a little too much, you know, uh, experience and just a little too much talent uh, for Dallas here. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there you go. For game three, Seattle plus 120 for Alex, and I'm going back to the well with a third consecutive uh, over five and a half here with the uh, Stars and the uh, Kraken. All right, there you go. That is the weekend preview from a betting perspective here in the second round. We talked uh, Edmonton-Vegas, the one game tonight, and, of course, all three games on Sunday. So we've got you taken care of for the weekend, which means Alex and I get to put our feet up and relax tomorrow. There will be no Ice Guys show tomorrow. Uh, Well-deserved, well-earned day off for both of us. And we'll be back on Monday, uh, of course, at 2 p.m. Eastern for uh, another edition of the show and a full week, of course, of shows once again. And a lot of great guests coming up this week, so make sure you join us for that. And also, make sure you check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, our daily Ice Guys show betting card. And, of course, bonus content. And, by the way, uh, mentioned I forgot to post it yesterday. I will definitely post it today. We did a last-minute uh, interview with former pro hockey player. I did uh, Colton Tubert uh, on Thursday. Uh, it was, he had to do it early in the morning, so uh, that's the only time he could fit it in. He's busy. He's coaching. He's running a rink uh, out in B.C. So uh, we got that in there. It was a nice 30-minute interview, playoffs, talking about his background and the World Junior teams that he played for for Canada and some really good players, some of them still playing in the NHL as well. So it was a great interview. We'll post that on the Patreon page uh, later today. So make sure you uh, check that out. So that, plenty more bonus content. Uh, Check it out, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Yeah, also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Get 15% off everything the next six days. Uh, I got that email a couple of days ago. So you can uh, shop there and save. We also do have a second store. Now, I posted this on Twitter. It's also on our Linktree page. And I also put it on the Patreon page. We, uh, I created a couple of different designs and some different items that we couldn't have available at our main store, uh, and they're available. So I will share and post that link on Twitter as well as on Patreon. Uh, we got some extra stuff, so it's some cooler, uh, just different twists on caps and hoodies. We've also got beach towels. We got slides and shorts. So all your summer stuff's covered with us between the two stores there for the Ice Guys. But definitely check out and save 15% on everything at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, yeah, check it out and get yourself some merch. The weather's starting to warm once again here in early May in a lot of parts, so uh, make sure you uh, get up some merch for the summer months ahead. All right, we got best bets to coming up to wrap up this weekend edition of the Ice Guys right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof, 
and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant, keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code iceguys at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code iceguys. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets. Best bets, Alex, can be from anything this weekend. Tonight's game, any of the three games tomorrow. So uh, have at it. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Seattle Kraken uh, plus a dollar twenty. Like I said, love Dallas in the series, but the Kraken, they're, they're a resilient, tough team. They're going to get at least one, if not two, wins in this series, and I think it definitely comes here. Them coming back home to Dallas, kind of in that same similar spot they were in the first round, where heading uh, on the road in game three. And we've seen a lot of good teams do this, where they lose the first road game in the series. This was a, a calling card for the Blackhawks during their dynasty days. So, uh, you know, one loss is not going to kill you. And I think Dallas gets a one loss here uh, in game three. So give me the Seattle Kraken plus 120 on Sunday. It's my weekend best bet. There you go. Seattle Kraken plus 120 against the Dallas Stars on Sunday for Alex P. Smith and his best bet. Uh, I'm going to give you two best bets, one for Saturday and one for Sunday. Uh, the one from Saturday, the only game on Saturday, Edmonton team total over three and a half minus 110. Back to the well with the Oilers team total. I think they get to four goals in a step up spot after be losing game one. Oilers team total over three and a half minus 110. And my Sunday best bet, we're running it back with the TML, Toronto Maple Leafs in the first period. We'll lay the minus a half with the Leafs in the first period, plus 170. At DraftKings, great price. Leafs first period puck line against the Panthers. Backs against the wall. Need a strong start. I think they will have it. Uh, Leafs first period puck line for my best bet for Sunday. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday noon yeah. Eastern. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but do you have a, a Kentucky Derby pick for anybody? Ah, uh, I, you know what? It was going to be just the sentimental pick, uh, Skinner, uh, personally. Um, but uh, as far as the Kentucky Derby pick, I'm just looking at the uh, field right now. Uh, I got, you know what? I do. Give me a second here, uh, okay. because I know uh, I get emails from some horse folks. Uh, uh, I'll tell you the one that I like. Uh, sure. Tap it, Trice, the five horse, uh, yep. which I saw at five to one listed uh, before we went on there. That's that's the one I took a shot with because I got my money refunded from Forte. So tap it, Trice, the five horse, which is the 12th race, the Kentucky Derby. That's something, that's something I like. So. All right. Let me just see here. I thought, uh, there's, there's there's one uh, person that's really good with the ponies, and he's usually the one I'll tail on the Kentucky Derby, and he usually sends it the night before, like the Friday. So I'm sure I'll, I'll find it here somewhere. Let me just see. Um, okay. He's on Angel of Empire. Angel of Empire. Uh, is what he's recommended uh, for this at eight to one, apparently, is the uh, price you can get. So, plus 800 or so. Uh, Angel of Empire. So, that's probably what I'll end up on 
uh, as okay. a result. That's uh, someone that actually won the Derby winner a couple of years ago. Nobody had the Derby winner last year. It was that what was it? Yeah. Was it last year? Was the crazy upset? Yeah, eighty you know, one long shot. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. had that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely, yeah, Angel of Empire. So there you go. You know, that's what I'm going to end up. Yeah, I, you know what? There's uh, he also had a couple that he would say you know second or third choice and Derma uh, Sotogake is, if, if, mm-hmm. that, if that's the way you say it. Uh, that was one of his like second or third choices, like for an exactor or for a trifecta box, that kind of thing. Uh, he's got uh, Derma as his uh, second or th- second choice actually behind uh, Angel of Empire. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's what I'll be looking at. So uh, again, usually I fo- I pay more attention to the ponies than for going into the Derby. Just uh, not enough time and didn't yeah, get into it nearly as much this year. But yeah, I'll definitely have a few bucks on a couple horses. I'll post them on Twitter. For sure, yeah. before I post, yeah, I, will, I will too. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's a wrap. Um, we thank you guys. You have a great weekend. Uh, and again, we're looking forward to it. And a reminder, of course, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all those great spots. You can download the Ice Guys podcast uh, when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the weekend games, all four of them. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll be back with you on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.